Hello, hello, this is Rachel Leibovich, your priestess and guide for the Being Animal podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending your time with us today. We greatly appreciate it and we're excited to hear back from you about all your thoughts about the Being Animal podcast and what it means to be animal. Today we're actually going to dive a little bit deeper into being animal. I realized the original intent of this podcast was to kind of delve back into my roots as a post-humanistic thinker and truly I've been on a spiritual path since walking into post-humanism as an academic realm and what ended up happening is a full circle moment in which now I'm back to post-humanism as a spiritual practitioner and today I'm going to be talking a little bit about the idea of your higher self being above the animal body or the animal instinct. If you have ever wandered into the holistic wellness community, if you've ever wandered into very intensive spiritual community, there's a really intense emphasis on the higher world, right? The higher cosmic realm, the creation realm, the ethereal, ephemeral realm that is above the earthly realm and earthly practices. It's above the animal and the animal thinking. It's a higher self. And I always had issues with this, um, even way, way before I was doing anything that had to do with post-humanism or even animal-centered justice, because how could you denote the earth itself as less? And that just, that kind of shocked me. That original turnoff was you know, we barely recognize the beauty that is here. How can there be like a higher, a higher thing? And so in my journey with Jewish mysticism, which is my lineage and my practice, I found multiple things about the sacredness of the earth as being a core root for Jewish practice and thinking. And specifically the idea that you can engage with the divine through God's word, which is more like Torah, Talmud, Midrash, you know, the things that are written and spoken and lineage and have such incredible potency when you think about history and legacy. But also, you can engage with the divine through God's work, which is the earth. And for me, this was a massive shift to think of, you know, the earth as being as profound and as meaningful as the Torah, because that was what was truly in my heart all these years. But I feel like the main narrative that was out there, like said, that was not the situation, right? That in order to gain spiritual enlightenment, to achieve a higher self, you had to deflect or turn away from earthly pleasures and earthly desire. And this reframing of the 
world, the earth being God's work, just as heavenly as God's word, really put things into perspective that in fact, it is not a turning away from the earth that will bring us to a quote unquote higher self, but rather a turn towards the earth that will bring us to our higher self. And there are a lot of spiritual traditions that turn away from earthly desires or earthly pleasures or animal pleasures. And they say that those are the more like instinctual or bad habit type things that you would think of if you wanted to label it, um, you know, with kind of like a judgment statement, which often it is. Um, but things like overindulging in eating or even eating in general, drinking, sleeping, sexual relations, you know, like things that are body needs our animal body needs in order to thrive and this is where the concept of fasting comes from in many cultures it's the concept of staying up all night in vigil um and each of these has immense spiritual meaning what i'm more interested in is not decrying these intensive spiritual practices for which i participate right i do participate in fasting around Yom Kippur and I do stay up all night working with God's word and the Torah throughout various times of the Jewish year. But I don't necessarily think of those as turning my back on my quote animal body. It's more getting in a deeper touch with my animal body. And I've had the controversial opinion for quite some time that it's actually the animal body that will draw you closer to God and the divine. And what do I mean by this? The animal body, I really do believe, is where our intuition is housed. I think that when we have a quote-unquote gut feeling or when we're able to kind of read empathically without thinking, when we're able to kind of just be in the moment, experience our body, that is the animal. That is us getting in contact with what's alive for us in our physical body, our instinct, our action, you know, things that move us. I believe that that's the animal body. And the thing that gets in the way is actually oftentimes our culture. There are so many beautiful cultures that embrace the animal body and that embrace our connection with the animal. But what I'm talking about here is more like Western colonial mindset, right? This idea that you have to betray your animal body in order to succeed in some way. This can be seen a lot in hustle culture where it's like, oh, you know, I stayed up till 4 a.m. writing this report. Or you know, the stress of like drinking coffee and never sleeping or skipping meals so that you don't have to log your hours, right? These things are set up by a capitalist society in order to betray our animal body and kind of push us towards this weird (laughs) capitalistic enlightenment. And a lot of that comes from that same push of intellectualism, right? Where we really value specific types of knowledge and specific ways of being. And we really turn our back on others where it's like some types of art are seen as, you know, euphoric or beautiful. Whereas other types of art that are instinctual, that give a message, that create new realms, 
are seen as bad or demonic. And, you know, all of this is to say that there's a really long legacy of Western colonialism and capitalism that creates a situation in which, of course, why would we think of the animal as good? There have also been extreme cases of harm done by associating the animal with other people who are then being allowed to be subjugated, right? We see this a lot in racism, the equation of people with an animal as a way to subjugate them, as a way to enslave them, like to justify this institution of violence. We also see this with animals, right? Because they are the animal in the very literal sense of the word, they are subjugated. They are commodity, you know, there's a lot of ways in which the animal has done violence against women, right? Because women are associated with the natural, we're associated with the animal, we're associated with the earth. And in order to take advantage of women, of animals, of people of color, of the earth, making the animal the other is strategic. But as we step further and further away from the animal, our connection to our bodies, our connection to our intuition, our connection to our instinct, we're actually stepping further and further away from justice, from ultimately peace, and from the true nature of ourselves, which is interconnected through all species, through all beings, from the center of animality. And in order to reclaim that, there's lots of justice work that needs to be done, right? For people and for non-humans. There's lots of spiritual reclamation and looking really deep at our spiritual practices as they reinforce different ways in which we're talking about higher selves, going above the animal. It's also about acknowledging the beauty in being an animal body. In many spiritual cultures, religions, ethnicities, there's an emphasis on praying before you eat or praying before you go to sleep. And how could this not be a veneration of the animal? In Judaism, there's prayers that you say before you eat, while you're eating, after you're eating, before you sleep, the moment you wake up, um, prayers for different dreams, prayers for going to the bathroom, prayers for tying your shoe, you know, like every moment of your life could be sacred. And I think that's the essence of it. It's more about the journey through this animal body that we've been given than it is about attaining something else, right? Because how are we to stay present in each moment and really sit with the experiences that we have if we're negating them as meaningful at all. If we are to say, oh, you know, like, I don't need to eat, or like eating is below us, or I'm fasting all the time, or like I only am eating like white rice and beans, you know, because it's something of the body. I'm attaining something higher. Doesn't that do a disservice to the body that you are in now that is a gift from the cosmos from the creator from the universe from the god or goddess you know whatever 
you are thinking with or being with right now. There's a reason that we're here in this body. There's a reason that we were created animal. And I'm not saying to like never think about transcendence, never think about what comes after this body, never think about, you know, anything else. But there's so much of a focus on the after, on what comes next, partially because of this Christianity and colonization that is so focused on the afterlife, right? Like you do everything in this life for the afterlife or, you know, you tithe, you don't commit sins, blah, 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 because you're focused on this heaven and this redemption in the afterworld. Judaism takes a different approach. There's actually not a whole lot that's thought about with the afterlife or what comes afterwards. And truthfully, how could we ever know? (laughs) You know, I think that's part of it is a humility of knowing, you know, we are in an animal body and there's only so much that we can understand and comprehend. Like, of course, the transcendent aspect of it is not going to be fully accessible to us. And there's tons of mysticism and midrash and thought processes about what comes in the after you know like we we like to fantasize and think and use our creativity that's part of our animal right like creative thinking got us through most of our lives inventing moving just kind of being and processing like that's all part of the animal but we're really focused on living here right now in each moment finding the magic in the drop of a leaf rather than hating our animal bodies, thinking about dieting to attain the idol of a thin body, thinking about how can we move in a way that's nourishing rather than exercise to attain a specific goal. It's more about living in each moment, seeing the beauty in each moment, praying before we eat as a prayer of gratitude for the experience of it. To think with how many people have touched and come into contact with the corn cob that I'm eating right now. Who picked it? Who sewed it? Who shipped it? How to get to my grocery store? Who checked me out at the grocery store? If I'm at a restaurant, who made this? Who served it to me? Each moment is so ripe with opportunity to embrace the animal, to go backwards, to go inwards, to connect to our roots and our ancestry, and to connect to the gift that the divine gave us of a physical body. That's it. (laughs) The gift of a physical body. A physical body that does so much for you. You know, maybe your physical body allows you to eat. Maybe your physical body protects you from disease. Maybe your physical body allows you to dance or move. There's so much that your physical body can do. And there's so much creativity in how we can use our physical bodies to do things, to not do things, to rest, to dream, to think up new ways of creating art, to create that art, the discount of the animal not only creates 
a domino effect of harm against animals, the earth, women, people of color, you know, the list goes on and on. Any, any person, any being that's seen as less than can basically be equated with the animal. But it's also about returning home to yourself. And how could you ever find yourself if you were to not know your own body and to revere your body spiritually, to take care of your body, to love your body? It's such a magical experience that's taken away from us in so many ways. Specifically, I'm going to get political even more so. I'm thinking about this as we meditate and ruminate on the pediatric, the American Association of Pediatrics decision to increase weight policing and body size policing in the doctor's office for young children and the push to add pharmaceuticals and even extremely barbaric surgeries for weight loss for children. There is nothing more sacred than the body. Your body was born of the earth. Your body was born to be in reciprocity, to be abundant. Your body is here for divine reasons. Your body is here to eat really delicious food and drink water from the purest springs around us to breathe crystalline, clear air and to never have to worry about your weight. It's such a trivial thing. Your weight, it doesn't mean anything. Your sacredness is what matters. And as I think about the sacredness of the body and the ways in which the spirituality of turning away from the animal and onto the intellectual, of turning away from the animal, the body, into something higher has created these paradigms in which if the body is not sacred, then of course crash diets and pharmaceutical pills to lose weight are acceptable. And it's idolatry. Rabbi Minna Bromberg is an incredible pioneer in Fat Torah. Which is not only specific reading of the Torah and Jewish mysticism against the idolatry of thinness. Or that's like spouted by fat phobia. But a return to the animal, a return to the corporeality of existence that is so stunning 
It is so stunning that we're alive. And it's true, some days we might wake up and that's the whole prayer. Thank God I'm alive. But what an incredible prayer. What an incredible prayer. As we close today, I just want to offer a blessing for our bodies. Shahina, the goddess of community, the goddess of indwelling, who lives within each of us, without each of us, interconnected into our interspecies muddle. Thank you for imbuing us, our very cells, our organs, our tissues, with your presence. May we offer up a prayer for those who have turned away from their bodies, perhaps from trauma, perhaps fear of illness, of sickness, perhaps because they don't believe in the sanctity of themselves and this corporeality. But we're praying for them and we're praying for all beings who are associated with the animal as a way to denigrate them, to take away their power, to try to take away their power. May each of us know that the power is in the animal. And when it's weaponized against us, may we pity that person. May we know our inherent flawlessness because we are created, because we are corporeal, because we are animal. Let them not use it as a weapon against us, but rather allow them to come to their own animality so that we may all exist together as community. As always, as we close, you can find us on Patreon for just $10 a month. You can sponsor the Being Animal show. And let us know if you have any feedback, any questions that you're wondering. If you join our Patreon, you can get some say in what our next episode is about. What do you want to hear us chat about? But mostly, as we go today, just remember that there's a reason we're here in this body. Don't waste a moment of it. Love you all.